Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if a story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 52 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Annett, and I'm joined by Dr. Lewis Kirkham, who is just awesome. I've got no other intro. That's all for this week. Lewis, how are you going? Good, mate. That's all you need, mate. I really appreciate That's that. It? Yeah, nice, nice. Nice little compliment. Just in, short, to the to the piece. Say so what you're That's feeling. It. It's feelings. Gonna be the, the, feelings. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the only thing in this podcast that's going to be short and sharp, I think, because <laughs> the rest of it's all just going to be, you know, random and ambling, but hopefully not quite as cathartic. You know, we're yes, not going to... as the last last week's, you mean. Oh, my yeah. goodness. We, Gee, touched, we touched on a lot of things last we t- week. There was, yes. a, there was a lot of... Um, cleansing of internal angst and and sorrow but gee whiz it was good yeah there were, there were a billion things we could have touched last <laughs> week <laughs> a billion we, beans even yes possibly but we hairy decided, beans not so hairy beans but we decided to do a podcast that's a, that, that's a little in, insider joke for yeah. all of our patreon listeners yeah. the uh, t- touching a billion beans yes exactly exactly and oh, this week mate yes. i had awesome well not an awesome cat that's probably the wrong way to put it <laughs> the dog was dog was struggling it was a little just bit. okay yeah. yeah well yeah the dog was it was a bull terrier right had in, uh, I saw it oh, a couple of months ago, and it had. Do you ever get those bo- those dogs that get the really bad corns on the bottom of their pads? Yes. Like yep. really overgrown corns. Yeah, well, this dog had it ten times that. So yeah. basically, it had, he's producing the pads uh, for, for for pet owners out there. The pads are continually wearing down, obviously, yep. on, on your dog and your cat. And when they walk around, um, they're, they're sort of rubbing off that layer of, of the pad, a bit like your skin's always sort of coming yes. off. But it's a different sort of uh, keratin on on the, the the balls of your feet. It's, it's quite thick. Feet. Like yeah. like yeah, think of it as like you know, the thickest skin that you've got on the heel of your foot. Yeah, but just a lot more specialized. Yeah. and so in these dogs, for whatever reason, they overproduce the amount of uh, amount of uh, well keratin, which yes. is the the cells, overproduce the amount of pad stuff they've got. And this dog had it by the gazillions. Yeah, right. Growing over its old feet, had corns, had cracks. Yeah. It was really struggling to walk. Yeah. And I saw the owner and the owner sort of you know, came in and I hadn't seen one as bad as that. And I sort of said, oh, I don't know what to do. And she's like, can you try and trim it off? And the dog doesn't like its feet being right. touched. Of course. Of course. Because yes. it's sore. Yeah. Um, and, and eventually I got on to Danny. Danny, our resident. Oh, wow. Friend of the show. Friend, friend of, the of the podcast. Show, Danny Hullahan. Specialist dermatologist. Yeah. So I got on to Danny. I said, Danny, what do I do? And she said, you've got to anaesthetize the dog and with a Dremel. You know, a Dremel drill. Yes. Like a... A, a, um, a, a rotating drill. Yeah. With yeah, the yeah. sandpaper on the end. You've got to pare down. And uh, and and uh, pair down all the granny heels. Yes, as, yep. the, as the ladies, the middle-aged ladies might be listening on the podcast. <laughs> well, not the middle-aged ladies; it'd be grannies. But as my as as what's a, a granny heel? A granny heel. Oh, granny like heel. Heel. I thought you said oh, granny, granny heel. Oh no! So no, what? No. Holy crap, mate! What the word was a granny heel? It's my accent. A granny heel. <laughs> so the back of heels get all granny. I don't know. Ladies yeah. get it. I don't understand. Yes. And, they, and they grind them off. Yep, yep, yep. And so anyway, um, so that's also called runner's heel, mate. Because I've got that. I've got my uh, my pumice stone in the shower. Right. I pumice my heels. Right. No, it's it's a granny heel. A granny yeah, heel. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I can call Gran- it a granny grandpa heel. heel. Grandpa. <laughs> Just for you, mate. Just for me. Thank middle you. old, well, middle old men who run as well, maybe. Thank you. Middle aged men who Thank run. Thank you. Yeah, I like stuff. to be included. Yeah. So we didn't have a pumice, but we used a Dremel. Yeah. Knocked it out, drilled them down, and um, 
And uh, and then we were supposed to soak the feet in propylene glycol. Yes. So propylene glycol softens it, is, up. softens it up. And so we, I, unfortunately, I went away and we sort of, the owner missed and saw some other vets and we missed getting the foot soaked. And I saw it again this week and the corns were back. Yeah, right. So I had to knock it out again. And the corns weren't, bad, weren't as bad. And um, But we dremeled them down, got them nice and thin. And then we soaked those, uh, soaked in the propylene glycol, did the first soak of yep. the feet. And geez, they were soft, mate, like a baby, baby smooth. Wow, how long did you soak them for? Two hours. Two hours. Yeah, the foot was bandaged up for two hours. So, wow. Put some uh, propylene glycol on the gauze, yep. slap, slap it on the feet, really, and then bandage them up and hold, hold it yeah, on there for two hours. Right. Dog tolerated it really well. Really, he's a really nice dog. Yeah, nice. Just doesn't like its feet being touched, yeah, which yeah. is awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if you've got a dog that's got that, uh, you know, having trouble walking, it's got yes. really corns on its pads. Corny feet. Yeah. yeah like corn- my jokes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got a theory for why it happens yeah. too. So um, you don't really see it in dogs that have got um, good shaped feet. So your, your whippets and greyhounds and Labradors and things like that. But yeah, I often see it in dogs that they start to get older um, and if they like say cavaliers and bulldogs and things like that where they've got sort of floppier, flatter yeah. feet where they're walking. And so as you were saying before, because they wear off on the ground when you're walking, not all of the pad wears on the ground. And so because the, the part of the corn or the that part of that keratin is still growing and not wearing off where it's not meeting on the ground, that's the reason why it keeps on, on wearing away. So I had a dog yesterday when I had a look under its foot and literally it had it – had a swirl of corns yep. coming out. I was looking at it going, oh, this dog's got a wart. I go, no, that's not a wart. That's just all these, you know, just really, really long bits of the pad that had just grown out and curled around themselves. It was insane. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a bit different to the older dogs that get that splayed sort of feet. This is a two-year-old. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. It's only young and it's, it's obviously got a, uh, I think it's got a name, hyperkeratosis. Something right, like okay. Dan, Danny yep. gave it a name. So um, uh, hyperplasia, hyperkeratosis. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Big words. I don't understand. Hyperplastic that. hyperkeratosis. Yeah, benign, familial, something, yeah, that's something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. So, uh, look, fingers crossed the dog walked out. Yeah. Hopefully I'll keep you updated, listeners, on how we are going. Nice. Now, speaking of big, mate, right? Yes. After last week, and yes. we were talking about... Budgie smugglers? Budgie smugglers. Well, yeah, we were talking about budgie smugglers, but you wouldn't want to smuggle this one in your budgie because it'd end up getting a little bit little, little bit, little bit warm, a little bit soft. Right, in the budgie it would. It, yeah. the, the budgie you wouldn't want to smuggle it in your budgie. In your budgie smugglers. Oh, or, your budgie or in your smugglers. Budgie. In You're your not going to smuggle it in your budgie, in your budgie smugglers. No, right. no, because there's not enough room in the budgie. Right. Not enough room in my budgie smugglers either for this because this Because it's already... Any... Oh, no, we won't get there. <laughs> <laughs> so after, after saying last week about people saying... Thank, being nice to your vets and thank you and all that sort of stuff. Um, we got a, I got a really, really nice card from um, some clients. They've got a dog who's seizuring and, you know, they're, they're ringing me up and asking me questions. I go, that's fine. You know, they go, oh, I'm sorry to keep bugging you. Go, look, I'd, I'd rather hear from you than have you worry about asking questions and, and not wanting to ask. I'd much rather hear from you. Good. So I got this great letter saying, thanks for answering all our questions. You've been really, really good. And here's a little something for you. Yeah. So have a look and see what's in there. Oh, yeah. It's a big. Bag's got Hague's chocolates on it. Yes. It's ginormous. So you know it's in reaching, royal. reaching in. Feel the, the the thickness of that paper. How, how good's that? That's that's yeah. like royal yeah. style paper. Jeepers, it's huge. Oh my goodness! Look at is that. that. Is that a medallion for around my neck, mate? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. To, to put on your big gold thing. Giant gold coated chocolate frog. Well, it's not a coated frog. It's a gold oh, coated gold wrapped. Yeah, yeah. Wrapped. yeah. <laughs> that's huge, mate. Yeah. Look wow, at that. we biggest chocolate frog I've ever seen. Yeah. So it's flat though. It's been run over. 
Oh, well, that's be, I've been licking its back all night, so it was a bit thicker, but that's, and I just had to wrap it back up again. Is, is that chocolate or is that gold bullion? That, that is, that is, that is a sizable, thick yeah. bit of chocolate frog, isn't it? That is nice. Let's open and, it. And being Hague's too. Yeah, yeah. you start, start chewing Lovely. on the end of it. Uh, well, do you start chocolate frogs from the head end or the bum end? Ooh, I usually go don't, the bum end. Don't really have time. I just eat them all. Really. <laughs> you go the bum end. Yeah. What's the reasoning? Oh, it's just, just I, I like to look in their eyes right till the end. Yeah. That's enough. <laughs> um, but anyway, but that was a um, yeah a, a really not... nice thank you from um, from from those uh, from those owners and and again made every they Kate they bought other chocolates in for the rest of the nurses and everyone because um their their little dog when he comes in he is a handful but yes. everybody is um. It, we know what he's like and we take our time with him. And so very, very thankful owners. It's It made makes everyone feel really, really good. Do, so. the, do the other stuff, do they get chocolate frogs just a bit smaller than yours, mate? They got, they yeah. got, they, they got the, just the normal yeah, standard just the normal, ones. Yeah, little Freddo, Freddo, Freddo ones. Just guys, a pack yeah. of Freddos. Yeah, here's yours, Robbie. And guys, oh, we got some for you there. Here yeah. yeah. Well, and, and a good thing, it fits straight in the armrest of the of the Lamborghini too, <laughs> you know, which is which is fantastic. You <laughs> know? They've got some good stuff on, on Teslas this week. Do they? Oh, yeah. do we? Oh, yeah, fantastic. Well, well, Hit that up in a sec. We might actually get to something. Yeah, Mike might get to <laughs> um, And one other thing, um, so we've had a couple of bee stings this week. Right. right? But um, but I had one case that I thought was really interesting during the week. So um, uh, they, the owners went home, they saw him get stung by a bee and, you know, and it was around his mouth. And so he started Whoa, making lots of noise. They came straight down. Dog or a cat? Uh, dog. Yep. Dog. A uh, little, little Jack Russell. Funny um, noise for a cat. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be <laughs> Because the, the cat had swallowed a Jack Russell. That's how much it was causing swelling down the back of its throat. It right. It's like a dog. Yeah. A um, Jack cat. A Jack. <laughs> a mo- mo- moho whale. Two duckin. Yeah, two duckin. <laughs> moho whale. Mo- did you like that when I put the picture up of the moho whale nice, the other mate. day? That was good. Fantastic. Was good. The Thank monkey you. looked happy. Yeah, the monkey was very happy. You know? <laughs> She's hung like a horse. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So um so so little dogs come in and the swellings already started going down yep. and the owners gone look we we, don't, we think we might be here under false pretenses and said now look if it's all, if you've been stung by a bee it's always good to check them yep. out um so like we was saying in an earlier podcast you get stung by a bee go and get you go and get them checked out because if you're having a delayed reaction or the reaction's getting worse you'd rather be on your way to the vet clinic rather than you know sitting there going oh hang on now he's having trouble breathing now I've got to go and find my keys yeah. episode twenty two was it. Yeah, oh, yeah, fantastic. Rain Man, call me Rain Man. Nice one, good yeah. on your Rain You're Man. Catalog Man, definitely <laughs> Melbourne, Melbourne, Mel- Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, Qantas, <laughs> flying Qantas. So, um, uh, so little dog came in and the swelling was already going down. And the owners are going, "Why are the swelling going down?" And I said, "When did he have his anti-inflammatory?" Turns out, this little dog came in and saw me two days beforehand because he'd hurt his toe. Was on anti-inflammatories. Oh. Had his anti-inflammatory thirty minutes before being stung by the bee. Bee sting. Non-existent. So there you go. All we need to do is just pre-med our dogs with antihistamine half an hour before they get stung by a bee and everything will be fine. Oh, I've always said, mate, you're a super vet. Now you're the clairvoyant <laughs> vet as well. How's that? That is amazing. Yeah. That's impressive. Might be tough trying to work out exactly when your dog's going to yeah. get stung by the bee, but geez, if you can work it out, a whole lot of heartache yeah. saved. Or go in the back in the time machine and go, right, just... Uh, Andy Flamini 30 minutes earlier. In the Tesla. Yeah, the Tesla the, the, time the, machine. The, the Tesla DeLorean. The DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder what that big uh, – I thought that was just a coat hanger on the top of your, your Tesla, mate. But that's uh, that's the hook to to hook into the, the power when the clock strikes and the, when the, the lightning, lightning strikes. Yeah, exactly. yes. and, and send you back, isn't it? Until I go into the future and I put the little garbage disposal one on there. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, in two. Yeah, with the, the, little, the hoverboards. The little neutral bullet. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> 
doesn't in hindsight, it does look like a Nutribullet. Yeah, very yeah. similar. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Nutribullets, mate, can you think of any uh, sort of, you know, food that doesn't need to be Nutribulleted that we can feed our animals because it's, you know, so tasty and great and comes in all sorts of different forms of wet forms and dry forms? Yeah, different animal forms. Well, wow. Yeah. What, what sort of form are we going for well, this week? Are you talking the Prime 100 food, I mate? To- I'm talking Prime 100. Oh, don't we love it? That's great. Have we brought it up on the podcast at all before? Oh, well, once, once or twice or, um, or, or uh, uh, 16 times, I think. Rain Man! <laughs> <laughs> nice work, nice work. We do love those guys, though, the single-protein diets. Yes. Check them out. They've got, they've got treats now. Oh, treats. fantastic. So for those dogs that have got allergies and stuff and you're yes. saying, what treats can I give them? You can give them the single-protein treats from Prime 100. So go and check them out, guys. Rosie is digging on uh, kangaroo treats at the moment. Nice. We've got some kangaroo treats and she is uh, – kids give her one of those when she goes out uh, after well, – just before they go to school. So um, nice. absolutely loving it. Good. Love it from behaviour perspective, mate. Yeah. Something good when you're leaving. That's means, right. You know, look forward to you guys going. Yeah. She doesn't, she, doesn't, worried. she doesn't get up when I leave. She knows that, oh, I'm just going. The kids will – kids are more exciting than what I am. Well, that's because you take the chocolate – Frogs with you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, if she hooks into that chocolate frog, I think we're in trouble. Yeah, there's going to be... Fit- going to be heartbroken if Rosie gets to eat that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so would she, I think. She, well, quite possibly. Have to bring it back up again <laughs> to eat it again. <laughs> yeah, with a heart rate of about 180. Oh. You know, she could get quite stressed. Yes. You know? And she was, if she got stressed, I wonder what else we could give her to try and help to reduce down her anxiety. Oh, I see where you're going here, mate. Yeah. Zilkeen. Zilkeen. Great for those stressy cats and dogs. Yes. If Rosie was getting stressed with your leaf, yeah. kangaroo treat, prime 100. Fantastic. Maybe a bit of Zilkeen at the same time. You know what? I, how's this, right? Um, so we were um, going away uh, a couple of weeks ago and um, and I'd had some um, some crocodile tapioca at work and um, – it was, it was a little bit close to the use-by date, so I, I'm going to take it and go and feed it to Rosie. Still within use-by date, it was fine. Um, but I was giving Rosie some Zilkeen because we're heading down to um, – it was actually just before we're heading down to her mum and dad's. And um, so I thought, well, give Rosie some Zilkeen. So I was actually putting the Zilkeen on the Prime 100. I look at her and go – does this be a bit facetious of actually taking a picture of this and you know, putting it on Instagram going, here we go, look at Zilkeen on Prime 100 Crocodile Tapioca, you know. Thanks for listening to the Two Vets Talk Vets podcast. All you need was one of our Patreon supporters to then hold the bowl. <laughs> Oh, we've Just got all bases feeding covered. It to it. All, all, all yeah. bases covered, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the Zilkeen went really well onto the uh, Prime 100. It was no, fantastic. Went down a treat. Absolute treat. Lovely, yes, yep. lovely. So thank you guys. Thanks for supporting us. Yes. Um, and also we've got our Patreon supporters. Thank you also for supporting us. Yes. We've got a little bit of exclusive content still on there for you guys. Yeah. That are paid up and proud. Absolutely. And, and looking to support us. So, so go on there and have a look. Yes. All righty. Now, mate, this week I've got an article. Yes. That... Um, that I got it's from the age, right? The age now. There's a, there's a title. I'm not sure what the title's all about. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Houston pot smoker finds tiger held in cafe in abandoned house's garage. That's a that's a that's, that's a, a typo. That's a big long title. Yeah, and a typo. I think they're trying to say not a cafe but a cage. Oh really? Yeah. How's <laughs> that for a typo? Oh wow! I found a tiger in a cafe or in a cage. Gee whiz! It, 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 this is where you know you really feel for journalists the fact that they've um, you know, lost so many jobs from there that they can't even get enough people to do proofreading on the title of the of the article. Exactly. I mean, coming from a, a media organisation like ourselves, yes, that are, that are out there, you know, the amount of editing that we do, absolutely, to get our podcast just smick and schmack, mate. You know, it is. Oof, 
we spend hours, don't we, just, you know, checking yeah. our levels and Absolutely. everything. We don't just rock up and chat. Tweaking the knobs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm look, looking looking at the mixer here and there is literally 46 different knobs on here. Mm, yeah, tweak, tweak away. We, we, we only have to move two of them, but there's 46 of them there if necessary. Yes, yes. And there's probably a billion different settings you could touch there if you needed to. Especially if you can get the echo going again. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So Houston, so Mara, uh, so this is from Washington. Houston doesn't get many calls like the one it received on Monday. Yeah. I think I know where they're going there. <laughs> yep. A woman went to an abandoned house to smoke marijuana. Right. As you do. Yes. In Houston, obviously. Yep. But inside the garage, she found a male... Texas. But yeah, inside the garage, she found a male tiger in a cage. Right. Houston Police Department Well, it wasn't an abandoned house then. No, That's, I guess not. There's, there's, there's holes in this well, everywhere. They, maybe they're shooting the hangover four. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Mike Tyson there? Yeah, well, he was. Yeah, he came out saying Merry Christmas. <laughs> Can I whisper something in your ear? <laughs> no, no, no. no. What, what? Whisper, so, whisper something. Whisper, yeah, whisper, whisper, whisper something in your ear. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy Easter. The woman, the woman called 311. 311? 311. Do you know 311? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one third of 911. It's only for a, like a third emergency. That's right. The city's non-emergency hotline. Oh, that's good. You knew that. Yeah. You must remember that. Nine one one three one one. Officials were at first sceptical. Right. Yes. We questioned them as to whether they were under the effects of the drugs. Yes. Yep. Possibly. Possibly. Or they actually saw a tiger. Yep. The tiger they saw in this building, this vacant house, that's obviously been abandoned for some time. Sergeant Jason Al Durrett said. Police are investigating who owns the tiger and who left it in the house's garage. Yeah. Houston and the state of Texas do not allow owning exotic animals such as tigers and pets. Though friendly and well-fed. Friendly. Friendly? Friendly. Interesting. Yes. Why was it in a cage then? Just let it out. Yeah. Just yeah. Let it yeah. out. Let it roam free. Just in case it got too friendly. Yeah. Maybe it was too friendly, if you know what I mean. Yeah, cuddly. Cuddly. Yeah. Very cuddly. Yeah, cuddly. Like tasting people with its teeth. Yeah. I wonder if you can have a, a uh, emotional, what was it, emotional tiger? Yeah, support. Support. Emotional support. support animal for a tiger. You can. So, you can. You may need emotional support after you've killed, killed a tiger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You need a lot of support holding the tiger. Yeah, that's right. Because when yeah. it gets upset, it gets emotional. That's hard. It's hard enough trying to convince a cat to try and sit still, let alone a tiger. Yeah. Uh, somebody How been... much zilkeen would you need for a tiger? Ooh, that's a big dose. Yeah. It might, help. Like, might help. Might help. Might help. We had a guinea pig on it the other day, didn't you? Yeah. Was that? Yeah. 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 Oh, we were talking about it. Yeah, we were talking about it. Didn't yes. do it. Didn't do it. Oh, okay. Though friendly, well-fed, somebody had been leaving, leaving big bowls of food for the animal. The tiger was in a cage too small for its size. Uh. Tiger was tranquilized and transported to a city animal shelter where it was temporarily placed in a horse pen. Oh, with a horse? Well, that's, yeah. And then it was very that, friendly with the horse. Yeah. That's a, what's that? A high tie? Yeah. High tie. High tie. <laughs> Turducken. I think it's... I I think it's more called an all-you-can-eat buffet. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, the tiger would have been wrapped. So no, a yeah. A friend to play with. Yeah, and then to eat. Yes. I, I'm having an old friend around for dinner. Yes. <laughs> Might catch toxoplasmosis, though. Might do. Yeah, yeah. raw horse meat. It's <laughs> not good. The city doesn't have the facilities or his horses to take care of a tiger. Yes. I don't understand that. Yeah. That's odd. What's in going Texas? on there? In Texas. I wonder if the Lost Dogs Home in Melbourne would take a tiger. But you'd you'd, you'd, you'd want to hope so. Lost Dogs Home. Yes. Maybe, maybe not. Anyway. Cat Protection Society, might. We know where all the dogs went then. Yeah. Eaten by the tiger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, typically, it's up to 11 kilograms a day. However, a wildlife sanctuary in Texas volunteered to give the tiger a permanent home and the animal was transferred on Tuesday. Houston Bark. Houston, the city's animal shelter, takes in about 26,000 animals a year. Mostly cats and dogs. Yes. And occasionally tigers. 
it wasn't the first time an abandoned tiger had been rescued, but such incidents were rare. Was it the same tiger that had been wretched? Rescued previously? That's a good point. Is this just a tiger that's getting itself into hanging around with bad crowds? Maybe. I wonder if it had a microchip. Oh, we could attract yeah, it. Yeah, attract it back to its owner. Yes. Gone, did you lose your tiger? Did you forget yeah. the tiger was in the cage? Actually, it reminds me, this week we had someone brought in a dog um, that had been sitting outside the Mexican restaurant right. for like four hours t- uh, on, tied up to a, um, a post. Yeah, right. And so the owner of the restaurant was like sort of, I think uh, one of the staff went up and actually got some lunch from the Mexican place and said, oh, that dog out there, it's been out there for four hours. You know, do you reckon you could do something with it? And so the, I think the nurse brought it back to the clinic yeah, and yeah. scanned the microchip and rang up the owners. And there's this, the owners had just had a new baby. And so they were in the restaurant having some lunch and they'd gone home with the baby and just forgotten about the dog and oh, left it out the front, the no. poor things. Oh. They were so embarrassed. Yes, yes, yes. So maybe that's happened to the tiger. They've, they gone, been, they've gone to the abandoned house to, just to smoke some marijuana with yes. the tiger. Yes, yeah. And just left and forgotten about it. Oh, gee whiz, that's terrible. Um, maybe they needed an app like uh, Find My Eye Tiger. <laughs> Find My Eye Tiger. Find my eye tiger. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. We should make one. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Find fi- my fi- tiger. Fi- find my eye tiger. Find my eye tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, some people think it's cool to have a tiger or exotic animals as pets. What often happens is, is it starts as a cute, cuddly little kitten. Yes. And grows into a really large, expensive and potentially dangerous creature. With big poo. But friendly. Big friendly. poo. Friendly. Friendly big, big poo. Only if you feed it 11 <laughs> kilos. I how big the poo would be. Low residue. Low residue, Low though. Residue. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Don't compost it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, that's how these animals are abandoned or left in really bad circumstances. So, yeah. good thing I found a home. Yeah. That's really good news. Good stuff. Yeah, but there you go. Now, you got something for me, mate? So, oh, what I found, I found a thing uh, on uh, the ABC, um, uh, uh, article by Bronwyn Orr. Vet, vet Bronwyn Orr. Yeah, I know. I know yep. I've heard of Bronwyn. Yep. Um, in an Australian first, the ACT may legally recognise animals' feelings. Oh. So, just in case this tiger's got hurt, its feelings hurt being left in the abandoned house. Well, I imagine it would be. There, there might be some legislation to say that this animal's feelings need to be looked after, need, right. need, to, be, need to be legislated for. Wow. So, have you ever wondered what's going... So, reading from the article, have you ever wondered what's going through your dog's mind when you say the word walk? And does your pup seem to show guilt when you ask them sternly, what have you done? Their tail might drop between their legs, their ears droop down and their eyes turn away. We often attribute, attribute human emotions to animals in a practice called anthropomorphism. Yes. It's frowned upon in scientific circles because it can lead us to incorrectly assume what animals are expressing. It, the example of your naughty pet, you'd be right to think your dog displays some change in emotional state when you scold them. However, the emotion isn't guilt. Their expression confusion and occasionally anxiety. The ACT is currently considering legislation that would enshrine animal sentience in the law, which means for the first time an Australian jurisdiction will consider animals' feelings as well as their physical well-being in animal protection laws. Right. Which I reckon sounds pretty darn awesome. Yeah, you know? wow. Like to say that it's not just an animal's physical well-being that needs to be cared for. You need to be caring for an animal's mental well-being. So if there is a yeah, dog that okay. is suffering from uh, marked anxiety or is in a situation where its uh, mental health is impacting upon its quality of life and it's and it's you know yeah it's making it un, you know making it unwell or it's yeah it's impacted its mental health definitely yes, like yeah. in humans mental health yeah that that they can legislate and say you this 
this needs to be changed. Wow. Something needs to happen. Gee, so, so it would mean that a, a dog or, or any animal that's showing uh, high signs of anxiety, say separation anxiety, or maybe it's got some fear, aggression, yes, and that sort of thing, that you need to actually go and have the animal treated. Yeah, I yeah. love it. This How, is great. Just like you do with humans who have mental health problems. So when your animals have mental health problems, you need to go and seek assistance for it. I love that's it. That's right. I because there's nothing wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with your pet. It's just that there is a imbalance. There is a problem that you same as if your dog's got arthritis, same as if your dog's got cat's got heart disease, it is a disease. Uh, yeah, that's actual illness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so go and go and treat the illness. Go and seek someone's wow. help. Yeah. So, so has it gone through or? Well, so the ACT is, pro- quoting again from the article, the ACT is proposing to become the first Australian state or territory to formally recognise the sentience of animals in animal wildlife, uh, welfare legislation. That's what I was trying to think about was welfare. This feedback will inform the final piece of legislation to be debated by the Legislative Assembly later in the year. If sentience is included in the amended law, the ACT won't be the first jurisdiction to have done so. New Zealand, Europe and Canada have already included it in their animal welfare laws. Wow. However, it is significant for Australia as it commits the government to consider how the feelings of animals may impact on their welfare. Far from giving animals rights, it acknowledges that an animal can be physically healthy but mentally suffering, and this mental suffering can lead to poor welfare. Very good. Yeah, it summed it up. Exactly. That's, that's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'll put the link on there because, I mean, Bronwyn writes some really good stuff. I yeah. think she's a, um, she's a uh, behaviour aficionado vet as well, welfare, isn't she? I think. I yes, think she's yeah, a welfare yeah. aspect. And she's she's yeah. doing a PhD up with Sydney Uni at the moment. Right. So, um, okay. Excellent. Yeah, she often writes it over. I saw that and I thought that, that's, um, that's pretty darn cool. Fantastic, so, mate. I love it. Yeah. Excellent. So. What else have you got, mate? Alrighty, mate. So I got uh, a little bit on Elon Musk. Oh yes, yes, yes. Now, just wondering, mate. You um, this will be right in your wheelhouse with the Tesla you came yes, today. Absolutely, you, you arrived so silently. I didn't even know you were here. I, 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 to be honest, I didn't even know I was in the car. <laughs> You know, I suddenly looked up and I was just just cruising down the road and everyone yeah. and I snuck up on people. It's like a ninja car. It's, it's fantastic. A, yeah, it's quiet. Elon Musk announces new Tesla technology to keep dogs safe. Oh, nice. Elon Musk Tesla cars will have a dog mode to protect pet pooches from overheating. Isn't so, that just called air conditioning? No, no, but not when you leave the dog and you walk away. Oh, you mean in the car? Yeah, yeah I think this is, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, think, wow. The billionaire entrepreneur announced that the new program will be rolled out to his fleet of Model 3 electric vehicles next week. Gee whiz. And this is on February the 10th. So it'll be now. It'll be out now. Oh, fantastic. It'll be in your car now, mate. Oh, brilliant. How's I'll, it going? I'll, I'll go and check Rosie, it out. You're going to leave Rosie in the hot sun. She might have even been in there. I didn't even notice because the car was so quiet. Oh, and Rosie yeah. was so quiet. I didn't tell you. No. You didn't get a beep on your phone. No, 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 no. Where's my eye whip it? Yeah. It will be able to detect when a pet is locked inside the car and keep the temperature at a safe level. Oh, give me a break. That? There will also likely be a display or some form of communication to inform passers-by that the dog is safe. <laughs> How cool is that? It's a big neon sign saying, dog is safe or, you know. Don't oh, break the window. Yeah, that's right. Please don't break the window. It's an expensive windscreen. <laughs> it's huge. It's expensive. Yeah. The new update comes after the tech guru was inundated with tweets from customers. Right. In October, one Tesla driver asked Mr. Musk, can you put a dog mode on the Tesla Model 3 where the music plays and the air conditioning is on with a display on its screen saying, I'm fine, my owner will be right back. Elon Musk replied, yes. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> now, mate, 
we're on Twitter. We are, yes. We could follow Elon. We could ask him a question. Yes. Any ideas what we could oh, ask him I for? I love it. I love it. Um, let's see. Is there what, – what, what? I've got a few. Yes. What about instead of the, the air freshener – Yes. Sprays pheromone for oh, the dogs and cats. Keep them calm in the car. Yes, yes. And and a little sign to say this car is is um you know is uh is aromatized with pheromones. Yes, yeah, is is pheromonally active. Yes. To help to calm this pet down. Exactly. I like it. I Perfect. like it. And, and and then if it was an Uber, people would understand why it smells not nice. Because it just smells like pheromones. It's just for pheromones. Dogs or yeah. cats. What about that? Or guinea pigs. Or, or maybe yes. or maybe it detects if a dog's anxious in the car. Yes. And it has a little thing and drops out Zilkeen tablets. Yes. It just drops them out. Nom, 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 relax. And away calm, you go. Calm car ride. Nice. What do you think? Should we text him? Uh, uh, we could tweet. tweet him. Tweet him. We could tweet her him. Um, uh, maybe we could also go for, say, like if um, dogs are a little bit sore, maybe they could have some sort of a massage option in the back seat. Yeah, Might but be nice. that, wouldn't that clash with the um, with the beaded seat, mate? Like the taxi driver's seat that you've got in your car, wouldn't that that Ma- wouldn't work? The, you know, the little uh, hard hard um, wooden bead sort of mat that you're sitting on there. I, so, I see where you're going with it, but what you could do is have the beads instead of them being a perfect sort of cylinder, have them being a bit more oblong shape. So, and but then they they sort of rotate around, so you get like an indigitating sort of Ooh. finger effect right. on the on the the animal's sore muscles. And you can have, yeah, I mean. It, Elon Musk can do it. I'm sure he could do, you know, a hind leg mode or a back mode or a foreleg mode or just a general, just a general like massage mode. General sort of fingering massage over all the, all the um, pressure points, you think, mate? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little bit of digital massage. Yeah. Little d- digital manipulation. Some deep tissue massage. Deep think? tissue yeah, trigger point therapy. For the sore areas. Right, eh? Well, that's good. We really touch well. Well, that's unclear. That's going to be a long tweet. <laughs> Yes. How many do they get? Now you get more these days. Oh, do you? I think you can. Oh, wow. Well, you tweeted Bob, Evan, Bob Evans, didn't you? Did he get back to us? Uh, no. We did a whole episode for we, him. We did? We? Yes. Yeah, did, yeah. No, yeah. no. I didn't, Thanks, he, didn't hear back from him. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Although it's unclear how the new system works, it will likely be an extension of Tesla's cabin overheat protection system. Again, called air conditioning. Quite possibly good. Climate or, control. Or when I was a kid, four windows open. Four windows open, yeah. yeah four yeah. window air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> this already prevents temperatures inside the car from reaching unsafe levels when kids or pets are inside. But the screen in Tesla models is likely to now flash a message to pedestrians informing them that the pet inside is safe. The dog mode update will be launched at the same time as a sentry mode oh. designed to ward off would-be thieves. Okay, so so you've got a isn't the dog the dog just acts as a sentry? Well, yeah, you wouldn't want to break in. You, well, I don't think they work concurrently. Oh, okay. So right. I think if you've got dog mode on, sentry mode's turned off because the dog's taken over. Right. But you got dog mode off, then sentry mode kicks in. Does the does the dog mode kick in so then the sentry doesn't overheat? Because if the sentry's sitting in there in your passenger seat while you're just waiting to come back to your car, he could overheat. No, the sentry mode is you get in the car and they overheat them and cook them. <laughs> cook the sentry and the dog they let the dog out and then the sentry gets cooked. The the, the person entering the car, the thief. It's perfect, but the very thief. quietly. Yes, that's it all right. it all happens incredibly quietly. Not a sound. Not a sound at all. You and nobody will hear them scream. No, no. You want to hope your your Tesla battery's nice and charged up because otherwise if you're uh in there doing your doing your shopping at uh, what whatever bo- boutique boulangerie you're uh, you're at because you're driving a Tesla and that's where you yeah, go or, and buy your or you parked at the helipad and just uh, hopped on the helicopter. That's right, just for a quick run run into town. And a big shout out to all our, our Tesla owners, Tesla drivers, listeners, yes, listeners, dead Tesla dog and cat owners out there. 
Uh, do you know we're on Patreon? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how, how about subscribe and then you can get a sticker for your uh, sticker for your Tesla. Nice, yeah. nice. We'll give you two. Two. If you own a Tesla, yeah, and and you've got dog mode and you're a Patreon, woof, we're going to look after you. Absolutely, yeah, boy, right. no, boy, yeah. Top shelf stuff for you. <laughs> the interesting thing though is, is the Sentry mode. Yes, is when an intruder tries to break in the car. The stereo plays loud classical music. Loud classical music. Loud classical music. But when the dog's in there, it's soft, nice classical music. Nice. Yeah, nice. So different, different levels. Now, have have you ever come across any studies about dogs actually enjoying different types of music? Because yes, I have. Yeah. Yes, I have. I've got one in the loaded up, locked and loaded. Yeah. And uh, next couple of weeks we'll get onto it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Big, big for the Guns and Roses, mate. Big. Oh, nice. I'm sure, it's Gunners, ACDC. Which one was it? Uh, which Guns and Roses one? Like uh, uh, Appetite for Destruction or the Use Your Illusions? Because Use Your Illusion 1 was much softer than Use Your Illusion 2. Yeah. Which one was the blue cover? Uh, that one. was Use Your Illusion 2. 2. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think that's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a good one, wasn't that, it? I think that was the one that had a You Will Be Mine. Yes, You Could Be Mine. You Could Be Mine. Or as when I bought it in Thailand, You Could Be Mined. 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 I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think the spelling was, uh, wasn't quite wasn't boot, quite bootlegged there. quite right. <laughs> All righty, mate. Now, you got something for us? Yeah. So I found a uh, another awesome article about um, that there's been a uh, how to feed a cat, a consensus statement to the veterinary community. So this is between um, the American Association of Feline Practitioners, uh, consensus statement for feline feeding programs, assessing behavioral needs to improve feline health and well-being and accompany. Uh, and there's also a client brochure and all that sort yep. of stuff that comes with it. So basically, the long and the short of it is that they're saying that um, and I haven't actually, uh, I couldn't find, oh, no, I, I did find the article, but then I went and had another beer and didn't actually read right. the rest of the article. But um, but I've got the article there. So um, well, well, I've got the whole journal article, and it's again slotted into talk in the next few episodes about. I didn't realize you were talking about that today. So so let's look forward to listening to you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yes. So it's, as it's a prelude, it's a thick article, and there's a lot of good stuff in it's there. It's awesome. Just isn't about it? yeah, about the cats and and providing enrichment in their life. You know, we talk about mental health and sentinel beings. Yes, it's about enriching their life and making you know because we've brought a, essentially an animal that's been out often roaming around a lot yeah. and now. Now they're coming into our homes and we're saying you adapt and you survive and a great way that we can help them adapt is is, is in the way we feed them yes what we feed them what we environmental enrichment yes yeah that we provide them so i love that you brought that up mate but i have got that locked and loaded it's, I, a, it's a thick article we're not going to get through it today yeah no no that's right because i um and because when i was and i hope listeners are very excited for it because when i was around we go these are the things I'm going to change for my cats. Yes. So, so yeah, it should be should be pretty awesome yeah, for you all. Definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely. A couple of weeks, listeners, listen out for it. Alrighty, mate. So, um, are you going to cover the disclaimer in a couple of weeks as well, or I can? Uh, it, you, know, you got the disclaimer locked and loaded for a couple of weeks. Oh, you want me to? We do it next <laughs> week. <will> we? <laughs> we need the disclaimer. <laughs> all advice on this show is general in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up to date information, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, let us know if we've missed anything. Or if you need any clarification, now, mate, you've got you got down here to talk about MLP. Yes, yeah, oh, a couple of weeks, mate. I'll couple talk, of weeks, yeah, you're gonna yeah, cover that. I've got that one too. Yep, yeah, yeah. So really, it's just my podcast now. So I'll just switch your mic off. That's fine. That's and all right. Next week, mate, I'll talk about everything you're going to. That's about. cool. That's I, I don't mind. I'll still come around and have a couple of cookies, and it's great. It gets me out from doing the housework. S- sorry, Robbie. No, that's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of cookies. Yeah, well, you enjoying those cookies, mate? Oh, great cookies. Any tigers at all? No. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
I, I have, but it's a purple tiger and he's just slowly moving <laughs> through the wall. I don't quite know what's going on. I, I, I thought it was an abandoned house, so. Yeah, don't worry. He's a well-fed tiger. Well-fed. Well, yeah, well, well-fed. He seems very friendly. Lots of zilkeen. Nice. <laughs> well-fed. Well-fed. <laughs> I wonder if there's tiger mode on your Tesla. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah tiger mode just goes really, really fast. Mike Tyson, he'll have that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tiger mode on my Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hope he's uh, not listening. Hope he's come beat us up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Chew your ear off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear you'll be making disparaging comments <laughs> about the way I talk. Never. 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 Ever. Ever. No. Never. No. No. Chew my uh, ear off. I yeah. love it, mate. I love it. <laughs> um, so, uh, so medially luxating patellas, Lewis. So, right. um, so a common orthopedic disease that we see in generally little dogs, but it can happen in large breed dogs as well. So, um, the it's right there on Front Street. What it means? So, medially meeting inside, luxating means uh, something that's popping out, and patella meaning your kneecap. So, you read it backwards. Your patella pops out inwards. You can also get a, a laterally luxating patella as well, where it pops out outwards. The other way. Yeah. Yep. So usually what happens, normal anatomy is your kneecap sits in a groove down the bottom end of your thigh bone called the trochlear ridge. And what happens, or the trochlear groove, and what happens, that kneecap moves up and down as your quadriceps contract. As Robbie's kicking, like he's kicking a football. I'm actually just stretching yeah. my legs out here, mate, oh, because I'm still a little stiff from, from the park run this morning. Really? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go and tell everyone your time. I was 24-19. Nice. So nice. Not well, 10Ks, mate. That's impressive time. Oh, it was great. Yeah, for yeah. 10K to 5K. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, back to your knee. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the uh, so what happens with some dogs is that that kneecap doesn't sit in the right spot, and what happens the um, the groove can be too shallow, the ridge can be too short, or the joint, the capsules, the ligaments that are holding that kneecap in just aren't strong enough to keep it in there, and that's something that we often see with these little dogs because they can often have bandy little legs as well, so their back legs bow out, and so what happens is the quad quadriceps want to pull that kneecap inwards so as time goes on you will sometimes feel that the kneecaps might be a little bit loose in a young puppy but then as they get older as their anatomy changes because that kneecap isn't sitting in that groove properly the whole time then it can start to come out worse and worse and worse as time goes on right okay so it's something sort of that they're born with an issue maybe with the the, the confirmation, the way their knees and, and their joints and their legs are sort of, uh, well, made up, I suppose. Yes, correct. Yeah, um, created. It, it created, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Whatever your theory on that is. That's right, yes, yes. 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 <laughs> and, um, and, and then over time you're saying that, that, that as they grow, that confirmation can become worse and worse. Yeah. And then the kneecap starts sort of popping out. And, and it starts popping out more frequently and you start getting right. more clinical signs. And as you're getting more clinical signs, you get more damage in the joint, you get more damage in the joint, then it becomes a more permanent debilitating issue. Right. So, so what other clinical signs? What are we seeing in these little dogs? So in some dogs, you won't actually see clinical signs. Right. But, um, so in, in some little dogs, so we grade the um, the, the luxating patellas, grade one through to four. Grade ones are ones where there, there is laxity there, but usually the uh, you have to move the kneecap out and then it pops back in again. Right. So there's a bit of movement there, but but not, not much movement. It needs a fair bit of force from somebody's skilled like ourselves to, to sort of pop go, it out. Wee, look, I can pop yeah, that kneecap look, out. Wow, wee. Stop doing it. Yeah. Okay, I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, 
The second one is then when the kneecap can pop out spontaneously. Right. But then we can pop it back in again. So can the dog pop back in themselves as in? Can do from moving out. I'll cover that in a, okay. in, in, yep. in a little bit. Um, stage three is when the kneecap is out all the time. Right. But you can still put it in. Stage four is they are out all the time and come hell or high, hell or high water, you can't get that kneecap Ouch. back into the groove. Ooh. So it reminds me of football. Do you remember there was a footballer that popped dislocated his kneecap, punching the kneecap, and he in. was punching his kneecap to get yeah. it back in again. Oh, was that was that Hanbury from was Sydney? Was it Hanbury? Yeah, maybe it was from Sydney. Definitely, I'm not Sydney. sure if it was yeah. Hanbury, but Hanbury or McVeigh or someone like yeah, that. Maybe McVeigh. Might have been McVeigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, go on. Um, and, and a big hello to J- Jared <laughs> McVeigh and all the other Sydney Swans listeners. And Hanbury, now it's St Kilda. Yes, that, oh, he's yeah. too. Yes, yeah, yeah. In yeah. the leadership group this week. Congratulations. Oh, we'll see if he'd want to be. The thing is, the only guy that's there that's played more than thirty games. We've got St Kilda, St Kilda players as a client, so they're going to do well this year. Oh, absolutely, yeah, go I'm guys, sure will. yeah, and go. shout out to all the St Kilda listeners who play. Yeah, go you mighty saints and see me at the clinic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, uh, so what happens with dogs? So if it's grade one, usually you won't see clinical signs because right. the kneecap is still sitting in its groove all the time. It's just that when it comes in for examination, we can feel that there is laxity there. So, um, so grade one is the one where the vet can push it out, yep. but the dogs, it's not generally out for the dogs. Generally it's, not out for the dogs. It's sitting in a nice spot for the dogs, but when we see it, we, we can pop it out. Correct. Right? Grade two is when it's then there in, in there most of the time. When the dog's running around, sometimes what happens is the kneecap pops out because they twist their leg in a certain direction yep. while it's flexed at a certain angle, kneecap pops out. And the classic sign is the dog holds its leg up and it hops. And it hops with its leg up, but then it stops, straighten the, straightens the leg, and then seems to run off like there's been no problems. Right. So what happens there is that the dog is able to get the kneecap back in because as they extend their leg, that kneecap then can flick back over and get back into the right spot again. And the dogs then run around and seem like they have no other problems. They don't so. even notice, do they? And the classic one, like you said, they're three-legged lame, hopping yep. around on three legs. And then they'll sort of kick that leg out in a way to extend it out the yeah. back towards them. Oh, the ones I've seen do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that pops it back in. So, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Your grade threes can be like that as well if they're, if they're um, still moving in and out. But the funny thing is, is then when you're getting a really, the really severe grade threes and up into the grade fours, quite often those dogs don't actually show signs of lameness early on in the disease because the kneecap's out all the time. Right. So they're just walking with their knee kneecaps out all the time but that kneecap while it's sitting out is rubbing on stuff that it shouldn't do so as time goes on you get damage to the cartilage under the uh, kneecap you get damage to the cartilage in that trochlear groove and so then you end up getting inflammation with inflammation comes arthritis with arthritis comes pain pain yeah. yes so a, a luxating patella where be it medially or luck or, or laterally it in and of itself, it's not a life-threatening disease. Right. It is a quality of life-threatening disease. Um, you can still manage dogs with osteoarthritis with anti-inflammatories and injections and your foods and all the, the supplements and all that sort of stuff. But if your dog's got a luxating patella that is clinically evident, so your dog's skipping or it seems like you're getting pain and swelling within that joint, your dog is going to end up with arthritis long term. Your dog is going to end up with pain long term. And the longer that you leave um, surgery, the less chance you're going to have of that surgery actually working and making a difference. Right. One point I want to pick up with you there is, is often owners say, my dog is lame. Are they in pain? Yes. Yep. What do you think? Um, I think if the um, 
if there's no inflammation in the joint, I don't think the dog is in pain. So say it's a if it's grade one, it's, they're probably not in pain. Yeah, m- no, I'm more to about the limping. So the, oh, if the a dog's limping, is it in pain? I Absolutely. Always say no. Yes, definitely. That's right. We yeah. don't limp unless no. you saw somewhere. Yeah. So if your dog is limping, and yes, they're painful, and yes, it needs to be looked at. Yeah, and and like we we're saying. Arthritis is inflammation. Inflammation by its very nature is painful because it is inflamed, yep. damaged tissues. Tissues don't get damaged and inflamed just so they can give you a hug and a kiss and, and buy you a massive chocolate frog. They're doing it because there's something wrong. Yep. And your body tells you that there's something wrong by telling you that it's painful. So um, it sometimes can be a hard leap for some owners, though, when their dogs aren't that sore initially, when they've got early luxating patella disease. To say, oh well, now I need to go and have surgery done on my dog, and it's, you know, it's a it's a it's a big surgery too, where you got to go in and, you know, the, there's generally three things you do: you deepen the groove so the kneecap sits in it um, a bit better, you move the front of the shin bone across so that then that way it stops it from trying to pull inwards, and you tighten up the ligament. So it's a, it's a pretty big surgery. There's a fair bit involved, isn't there? Yeah. A bit of cutting and pasting. Exactly. And yeah, 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 and, and a little bit of little bit of paper mache <laughs> and that sort of stuff. You know, a little bit of darning. You know, yoohoo glue. Yeah, yeah. A lot of you yeah. glue, so clag, much, yeah, maybe yeah, some yeah. clag, yeah, maybe some Tarzan stripe multi grip. Yes, Whoa, yeah, you've yeah. got the strong stuff. Oh, here absolutely, place. only yeah. the best, yeah. only the best. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that because there, it's it's a big surgery and things. Sometimes some owners are reluctant to think about going in and doing it. But if you wait until the dogs are showing signs of pain all the time, there's that much inflammation in the joint already. Arthritis continues. It's degenerative joint disease. Once it's there, you can't stop it. Yep. So um, the one thing I would stress is that if you if your dog does have a luxating patella and your vet is talking to you about doing surgery, think about doing it early because, you know, your success rates with the lower grade uh, uh, luxating patellas is much higher the earlier you do it. There's often difficulties with the higher grade ones because then you've often got a lot more in the way of angular deformities. And so the surgeries can sometimes be a little bit more fiddly and sometimes have less of an excellent prognosis, but still a better than what they were doing before prognosis. An improvement, yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah. So is there, is there something, you know, I don't want my dog to have surgery. Yep. Can I... Can I put a brace on the knee? Can is there something I can use? Can I strap the knee? Is there some physio exercise we can do? Is it what you know? Treatment you mentioned the surgery. Are there other options? Not really. Right. Not really. The only that once that kneecap's got a mind of its own and it's popping out, it's going to keep on popping out. Yeah. Short, short of holding your dog's leg in extension, so that then that way it can't move its knee, and so therefore it can't pop it out. It's it's you, you're never going to fix it. What about know? that black kinesiology tape that people all the all the cool people use these days? <laughs> all the runners and the the sprinters that you know just that's the extra little bit. Yeah, look, um, I think um, I think particularly if you've got a dog that's looking for that extra little bit of uh, that little bit of extra ability, some kinesiology tape certainly would help. But would it actually stop the kneecap from popping out? Maybe not. <laughs> Put it on yourself. Put it on yourself. Put it on your own and kneecap. Get surgery for your dog. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Um, now some surgery, some. Uh, general vets can do it. Some specialists will do it. Sometimes it can be a really, really fiddly procedure. Like we've got one dog that's going to have surgery in a couple of weeks. He's a um, a retriever. And so he's like 35 kilos. Golden retriever. Golden retriever, yep. yeah. And so he's not only got a luxating patella fairly high grade, but he's ruptured his cruciate Ooh, ligament as well. Yeah. So that's really common, I think. 
Because yeah, once yep. you lose a bit of stability with the luxating patella, then you're more likely to, to, to lose your cruciate as well. well. Well, yeah. Well, part of the reason is because you've got your big um, patella ligament that is a, a massive thing that stops forward movement in your knee joint. Yep. If that's poking out of the way, when you're weight-bearing, if your cruciate is a little bit under under duress, you know, you've, you've blown a few fibres here and there's a bit of instability, yeah, it, you can blow it to smithereens. Right. So, yeah, yeah wow. that's, what, that's what this poor hound's done. But we're getting some... Uh, Getting a, a surgeon in to come and do the surgery. We're uh, yeah, we're getting done. I think this week. I think good so. stuff. Yeah. Well, we have to let us know how it goes. Will mate. do, mate. So that's that's all I wanted to talk about, mate. What do you got? Fantastic. Oh, that's great. No, I really, actually, um, the grading stuff I'd forgotten that. So thanks so much. There you for, go, for, mate. For running me through it, Robbie. Now this this is for exclusively for our twenty three Denmarkian. Danish, Danish. Welcome. Danish pastry eaters. Welcome no, to no listeners. Welcome to all you great Danes. That's right. Exactly. So um, this was an article that uh, entitled The Effect of Breed-Specific Dog Legislation on Hospital-Treated Dog Bites in Odense in Denmark. Oh, why did you find this article, mate? doesn't sound like there's any inter- anything interesting in that for you oh, at all. Oh, my wheelhouse, mate. I love it. <laughs> Dan- Danish is my favourite. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I love Danish. The flaky pastry, yeah, a little bit of right. sultana. I love travelling there. It was maybe, great. Maybe a dried apricot. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> so this was a, um, a, a, as I said, a study. One approach that some countries or municipalities take to attempt to reduce injuries from dog bites is to ban certain breeds, known as breed-specific legislation. Yes. Now, we obviously, in Victoria and Australia, we had this up until about September 2017, so September a couple of years ago, and essentially it said that if you fitted the restricted breed standard, your dog was euthanized. Yes. So there are a lot of dogs that were unfortunately thought to look in a certain way, and because you looked a certain way, essentially like a pit bull yes. was supposed to look, um, and there were different measurements you could do, your dog was euthanized. And thankfully, yeah. that has now been reversed. Um, and while we've still got some breed legislation, Victoria, it's not as onerous as it was where, where, where animals were put to sleep. It was quite a, a knee-jerk reaction. I think we spoke about it really early on in the um, in our uh, potting careers that uh, you know, there was a, a, a poor young girl that was, um, that was killed, and then suddenly everyone was jumping up and down and saying we need something and they pushed it through without actually consulting say the vets that would probably have had quite a good opinion on whether it was a good idea or not exactly mate i was not consulted you're right no (laughs) (laughs) so this is a new study by dr finn nilsson out of karlstad university um in in denmark's third largest city odense excellent is it very dense there odense it's fairly odense Maybe, I don't know, let's read on. In 2010, Denmark banned the ownership, breeding, and import of 13 breeds of dog, including the American Staffordshire Terrier, the Dogo Argentino, Fila Brasileiro, and the American Bulldog. Two of the breeds, the Pitbull Terrier and the Tozu Inu, had to be euthanized. Right. Which is, you know, that, that's just terrible. So uh, any existing pets of the remaining 11 breeds could be kept, but they had to be muzzled at all times and leashed in public. Right. So the study looked at data on people visiting the emergency department in Odense from the 1st of January 2002 to 2015, so about 13 years. During this time, there were 2,622 dog bite injuries. So it looks like it's about uh, 130 a year. Yeah, I'll let you cover that, mate. We know that my uh, maths aren't necessarily my... Anyway, maths is not my thing today, the rain (laughs) man. 
There are some problems with simply looking at the number of dog bites before and after the ban. For one thing, in cases like this where some breeds are euthanized, the total numbers of dogs has gone down in that time, which means any change could simply be because there are fewer of those dogs overall. Yes. So that might show us as a decrease in bites. As well as possible, there, were, there would be other changes over the time period. One such change mentioned in the paper is that the number of injuries tends to go down anyway over time. Although... I, there's a note that this is not always the case because in U, in the UK, which has breed-specific legislation, hospitalisation for dog bites has actually gone up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is amazing. The exact opposite of what you would expect. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Scientists, so they use some scientific modelling and stats and stuff to, to get around all these issues and they also paid attention to whether the dog bites happen in the public or private spaces. Yes, right. We've talked about this a yeah. little bit before. Since 11 of the brand breeds had to be muzzled and leashed in public, you'd expect an immediate difference in public dog bites if it was effective. Whereas you'd expect a more gradual difference in dog bites in private spaces as the number of pet dogs of these breeds slowly went slowly down. Slowly went down, yes. So, yeah, yeah. Sorry, they had to wear the muzzles only when they're in public. Yeah, okay. So yeah. when they're in the home environment, they didn't have to wear a muzzle. Yeah, gotcha. Um, yeah. But that's not what happened. Oh, so bum, stay, bum, bum. So stay in tune, listeners, next week. That's all we've got time <laughs> for. We'll, talk, we'll, we'll cover the final bits of the article. No, we won't. The results showed no effect of breed-specific legislation on hospitalisation for dog bites. They did so something else very interesting. Of the 2,622 dog bites, 874 occurred in public spaces. Right. So like we said before, the majority, about over two-thirds, occurred in the private space, such as someone's home. Yep. And this is what I've always said. Dog bites, particularly to kids, but to, to the whole population, are from a dog that is known to the victim. Yes. In yeah, the yep. family home, it's a neighbor's dog, yep. it's a friend's dog, it's I've gone around to someone else's house dog. Yes, yep. So put simply, we could test both the long-term effect of banning certain breeds as well as the short-term legislation on muzzles in public spaces on the same breeds. Neither seemed to have an effect. One limitation to the effect to the research is that it only considers data from the four and a half years after the introduction of breed-specific legislation. However, the legislation would have been expected to have an effect in this time. Which was not found. Yeah, right. The thing that the next thing it says this study joins a number of others in finding that breed specific legislation does not work, and yeah. we know this. We, we we there there are numerous you know um, places where breed specific legislation has been introduced. Canada, Sweden, and there has not been a reduction in dog bites. It yeah, has right. Not, it has not worked. Unfortunately, breed-specific legislation, legislation means that well-behaved dogs have to be muzzled or euthanized, as was the case in Victoria, Yes, when they've not done anything, anything wrong. wrong. Yeah. That's why we talk about looking at the deed, yep. not the breed. Yeah, so absolutely. thing we push as well. The alternative to breed-specific legislation is to encourage responsible dog ownership and enforce it with strong laws and bylaws. I think responsible dog ownership is one thing, but also education. Yes. You know, early training. Yeah. Educating owners. They need early socialization. Yep. You know, I've still got uh, at at um, at work, I've still got dog trainers that people are coming in saying, oh, my dog trainer said I shouldn't take my dog to puppy school yeah. because they're going to learn bad things from the other puppies. It's like, no, yeah. please take them to, you know, you've got a nervous dog. Yes. They need puppy school. They need socialization. Yes. It's really, really important. Yeah. But still, you know, the, these dog trainers, no, don't know. I'm going to come to your home and train your dog. Yeah. And they can't learn anything else from other dogs. And yes. 
Well, then you take them out when, when they're two years old to the park and they don't know how to socialise. That's right, yeah. Because they haven't had that critical socialisation period yep. up to about 12 to 13 weeks of age. Getting the window shut. Exactly. Window shut. Exactly, exactly. So I guess, you know, dog bites are a complex problem and this study adds to the evidence that breed-specific legislation is not the solution. As well, it also shows that we need to pay attention to the context. Yes. You know, the dog bites are occurring in the family home. Yeah. They're not occurring out in the public, the the, uh, the random dog running up to you and biting you. Yes, yeah, yeah. So there you go, another one, mate. I really, that's my, you know, I love that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, uh, well, not, don't love it, but, but no. it's, it's my, my kind of thing. I'm very passionate about it. And, it. and it's the thing that we always talk about of how important it is to socialise your dogs, to give them an opportunity. I mean, me personally, like I think the, um, you know, particularly for uh, when councils jumped up and down about, oh, all dogs need to be desexed at three months of age and all that sort of stuff. I think the priorities are wrong. I think the priority should be more on the on on training and socialising and making sure that people are doing that right. And I think there should be things of where if you need to show that you've done puppy class at a vet clinic, that you've done obedience training with a trainer, and then you will get the reduced down uh, the reduced amount the reduced for your fee, yeah. Yeah, for for uh, registering your dog. I don't think it should be that um you know just because you got your dog desexed a microchip, therefore you don't because. Okay, yeah, it's there for uh, for trying to reduce down unwanted litters, and I get that. But if we are serious about trying to reduce down um, dog bites and dog attacks, it's not through breeding. It is through educating people about what is the right way of trying to uh, socialise and expose your dogs to the things that are going to make them not want to bite in the future. Yeah, well, exactly. Socialising is a big part. You do mention breeding. Yeah. It's not the breed that we worry about. There is some issues with breeding as well. Yeah, though, yeah. In that if you're breeding a dog that is already anxious oh, yeah. and you breed two dogs that are wonderful show dogs, beautiful in the show ring, but... Yeah fear aggressive or yeah. anxious in certain situations. If you breed two parents like that together, even one parent like that, there's a high chance of throwing offspring that mm. are going to have anxiety issues. So breeding does come into it a little bit. Oh, for but, sure. Yeah. But certainly, you know, I, with what you're saying about, you know, I, I would love that if, if owners had to have, you know, uh, got a reduced feed that the council for going to puppy school, I guess the issue I've got with it is not every puppy school is the same. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of puppy schools are run just by, Oh, who's the nurse who's got the time? Yeah. Not, necessarily the nurse has got the expertise yeah yeah um or oh let's just run it at the local pet sh- you know pet pet shop and uh and um and let's then sneak a little edit yeah, there whoa yeah. <laughs> uh pet shop definitely said pet shop and um and and it'll just be the the, the last staff member who's come in yeah they can run puppy school so yeah, yeah. i reckon there needs to be a little bit of an accreditation yes. thing of, of of some sort of training that that you, you need to have gone to a puppy school that's been run by somebody who's been accredited so yeah. we are doing the right things because you can do a little bit of damage if if um you know, to the mental health of the of the pet. Talk yeah. about mental health early on. If in that socialisation period you provide them with opportunities that are perhaps not helpful for their socialisation, that increases fear, or exactly. you know, you've, you've got it, you've got a, a silly, crazy, barky puppy that then just jumps on some other small dog and goes. That's it. I knew that every dog in the world was terrible and this one's just made me feel that way and that's it. I'm going to hate dogs forever. So. Exactly. It can yeah. sort of sensitise them. Perfect. Yeah. But that might be nothing we'll talk about another time. I think we it'd can, be a good idea. We can talk about uh, puppy schools and finding the right puppy school for your puppy. That'd be great. We, have, have, we, we should have a puppy school um, episode. Like actually do a, a – what should you be looking for a puppy school? And not just puppy school but, you know, because – 
what could you do puppy wise or puppy school wise for adult dogs too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. excellent. Yeah, good. Well, running in with that, mate. Next week, I'm going to bust more behaviour myths. Busting. Yes, I've got. I've got. Who are you going to call? I've got ten slotted in. Holy. Ten crap. loaded up, slotted in, ready. Bang, bang. Going to bang them out. Gee whiz. So if you've got any behaviour myth questions, yes, any things that is this this you know my dog does this. Is that right? Is, you know, th- my, my trainer said that I shouldn't go to puppy school. Is that right? <laughs> if you want those Miss Busted, you send him in, send us in some questions. And what are you talking about next week, mate? Uh, next week, I want to talk about um, uh, there's two things. One, prescribing laws. There's been a little bit coming around about uh, what vets can and can't do with um, prescribing medications yep. as far as, uh, you know, can you just rock into any vet clinic because you're on holidays and things? Ah, um, yes. So some um, changes recently in there. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just a bit of a clarification. While it's a little bit dry, it's pretty damn important. And it's a good thing for owners to try and get their handle on what our legal responsibilities are as vets. Oh, there's no way it's dry, mate, if you're presenting it. Oh, thanks, mate. You do a yeah. great job. Lovely. Uh, but I also want to ask the question, is my dog dreaming? Oh, dreams and dreams and dedications. Dreams maybe. and dedications, that's maybe right. Maybe we could do a little segment on that. Maybe we could. Dreams. If your dog's got a dream and you want to interpret... Hang on, how's that going to work? <laughs> my, my dog dreams about running down the beach. And, Chasing you know, rabbits. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe if you have a dream about a dog or a cat. Yes. Then send it in. We'll interpret it. Yeah, Lewis is great at interpreting yeah, dreams. Or we'll send it to Linda at Love and Guts. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, she's a naturopath and stuff. We'll, 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 we'll interpret the dreams and she can interpret anything else that's produced. That we dream of doing. After you've woken up. <laughs> oh, jeez. Alrighty, you guys. You said exactly what she was after, too. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Excellent. Alrighty, guys. Of course, we're on Patreon. Yes. So um, uh, if you guys could go on Patreon and support us, we would much appreciate that. Yeah, love it. Throw a little bit of candy our way. Um, keeps those chocolate frogs coming coming uh, nice and nice and the Danishes yeah, yeah. on the table. Everything. All our Danish. Maybe our Danish. Our twenty three. Yeah. Danish listeners, if they want to just uh, hit us up on Patreon, that'd be great. Two dollars a month. That's probably you know probably. Point two of a crown, 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 crown. Yes, crown. I think it's, I think it's crown. Yeah. yeah well, they're not, they're not. They're not on the euro, are they? Oh, they could be. Are they on the euro? I don't know. Probably should research that. All right, guys. We'll scratch you later. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.